Hey, Dream Builders, welcome back to another awesome episode of the Dream Design Podcast with Amy Lee. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt, and today I have a super fun guest for you. She's actually in um, a mentoring community that I'm in, is how I got to know her, and she's amazing. She's so talented, um, and she has incredible energy. So I am so excited to welcome to the show Deanne Williamson. She is an artist, which I don't even know if we've ever had an artist on the show before. And she's also a workshop facilitator. And she's here today to tell us about her story and how art became so meaningful to her and her journey. You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. As the dream design coach, I've helped thousands of high achieving creatives reconnect with their inner blueprint to design, manifest, and live the life of their dreams. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. So welcome, Deanne, to the show. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So anybody who watches my show knows or listens to it for that matter, knows that my favorite question to ask is how did we get here? So I don't think that most people grow up, go to school so that they can be an artist or, um, you know, a workshop facilitator. That's probably something that happens somewhere in post-production, right? Yeah. (laughs) I'd love to hear that story. Yeah, well, um, I was a graphic designer. And so um, I did that for many years. That's what I went to college for. And the main reason is because, just like you said, I, I wanted a job and it never occurred to me to be an artist and that, that in any way that could become a business. Um, but uh, when I was younger, I, um, my, my mother was ill and then she... Um, Uh, suffered with this illness for 10 years and she passed away and I was really during that time I got very attached to my father and then my father passed away shortly after and so it felt like a really like a double double whammy and um, at that point I decided I needed to start thinking about how I was going to spend my life I just immediately realized I wasn't happy in my job I wasn't happy with what I was doing I felt like I had a bigger purpose and um so I just started to kind of look for signs and open myself up to what was next. And I had always been in love with art and um, I just decided to pursue that a little bit. And as soon as I did, as soon as I committed to this idea, then everything just started to happen for me. And I knew immediately that it was the right, the right path. So um that's amazing. That's so yeah. cool. And I, I love that you took a chance on yourself and took a chance on, on something that you loved. So tell me more about the kind of art that you do. Like what, what is your medium? I, I paint in acrylics on canvas um, with actually acrylic and mixed media. I paint women figurative uh, uh, paintings, but I also um, do um, abstract botanicals as well. Both um, I think speak to my love of, of um, growth over a lifetime and evolution and spiritual growth and also the love of nature and how nature just sort of um, influences the, our lives and, and our, and our spirituality. 
connection to the universe and alignment. So I personally cannot paint to save my life. I like <laughs> the feeling of moving, you know, the paintbrush over the, the can canvas. See, I yeah. can't word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I'm not artistic in that way. I'm more of like a writer and a singer and a songwriter and stuff like that. Um, but I have to tell you this story because I know that you'll appreciate it. And most people wouldn't. So when I was a little girl, my mom got me this book um, called Linnea in Monet's garden. Uh -huh. I got it when she went to visit the MFA because I grew up in Boston. And so I lived really close to the MFA. Yeah. And I fell absolutely head over heels in love with Monet and his painting and impressionism in general. But one thing that really struck me that just, and I don't know if I, you know, in my creepy psychicness, if I was like connecting to his energy from the beyond or whatever, but I remember reading pages where after he started to go blind, he was painting the bridge at Givani and he, you could still see, it almost looked like one of those magic eye posters where he was oh, painting it, even though he couldn't see it anymore. And it was like red and vibrant and it was almost like obscured. Yeah. And I just remember being so activated by the fact that somebody who couldn't see could paint. <laughs> like it was yeah. just, and, it, and it really brought it full circle for me how much of a part of someone there are really is. You know, yeah. it's not just about, oh, look, this looks nice. Especially when you go, you know, when you go to the MFA in Boston, you see some, some real abstract stuff. And yeah. You're like, how is this art? But like, it's art because that person left a piece of themselves on the canvas, you know, right. and, and you more than anyone would understand that. But I guess my question then is like, who were your favorite artists growing up? Like, who did you resonate with? Who did you feel like really inspired you? Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I was that in tune with art when I was younger. I, I got more into it in college and, um, my dad was a painter, so I did know that. And we would watch um, the painters on TV, Bob Ross, and the, those kinds of things. We would sit together and watch that. And the Captain one that came in came on on Saturdays. I remember after cartoons, there was one yeah. that came on, and it was like, "Oh, great, cartoons are over now." Captain Bob's <laughs> painting, yeah. like you know, right. I love that. I was one of those kids who just loved to watch that, and uh, I would watch it with my dad, and he painted landscapes like that, like with the, you know, the the um little uh, knife and um and then as I got older um I, I've been such a big fan of Picasso and Frida Kahlo and Bastiat oh, and Van Gogh and Georgia O'Keeffe I mean that's just to name a few but I Joan Mitchell I feel like um the thing that that inspires me the most is is just like you said, it's a part of a, of a person and they put their heart into it. And when you know someone is creating work that comes directly from their heart, that's when it, that's when it draws you in. Um, it's like, I, I say this to people all the time, you don't, your art and, 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 and those people I name doesn't appeal to everyone. I mean, art doesn't, your art, anyone's art doesn't have to appeal to everyone. It just has to come from a really honest place. And when it does, the people that are meant to connect with it totally connect with it. And you find your niche and, you know, no artist can be everything to everyone. In fact, it's probably better that you're not. It's better that you, you're just making something totally unique and that comes directly from you. And then other people can connect with it too. 
I think that's the most important thing about art is it touches other people. You make it from your heart, but then it becomes that person who the viewer um, makes it their own as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how do you feel, like what do you think was really instrumental for you from going from like a hobby artist to someone who could like literally call yourself an artist and be, you know, effective at it and be successful at it? Like what, yeah. what would be the key things there? Um, I think determination. I mean, I just really didn't give up. I just completely believed. Um, I, I was very optimistic and determined. <laughs> and I completely believed that the universe was going, going to um, uh, support my dream. I just really believed it. And so um, I knew because it was very healing for me. Once I, you know, I lost both my parents in a pretty short amount of time. There, there were there was so much emotion around that there was no other way to express it for me and so creating art just became like almost like a lifeline and so um because i did it from that place i, I wasn't in, immediately intending it for it to be a business i my son was a baby and I just thought, well, I'll just do this thing because it makes me feel really great. And um, it feels healing for me. And it feels like where I need to pour my my emotions and my energy. And then it just kind of took on a life of its own. But as time has gone on, my kids are now teenagers and I've got a lot more time. I've opened up my own studio. But it's taken years. It's taken a few years. I, it was kind of a side hustle for a long time. And um now it's kind of supporting itself. And I just opened a little studio and slash gallery. And um, I think that the biggest thing is, is just believing that you can do it and, and, um, and just being determined. I, I really believed that I knew, I know, I still know that this is what I'm meant to do. And so I teach, I facilitate and teach workshops and that's been, um, uh, you know, a huge part of what I do. So um, it's become a, yeah, it's become a pretty thriving, I'm a, I call myself a working artist, you know, because I'm, it, it involves a lot. It involves all the marketing, it involves the photography, it involves the selling, the shipping, the, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of hats I wear, but I'm, I'm so happy to do it because I know it's, it's just what's meant for me. It's work, yeah. Yeah. So I have an interesting question. I've never been able to ask anybody anything like this before, but like, do you remember, and if you do, when was the moment when you moved from like the girl who like paints to like an artist? Like when did your work become somebody else's art as opposed to just something that belonged to you that, you know, you dropped a canvas one day and like, yeah. do you remember that moment? Um, I, I would say I did a, my first solo show that I did I had been working um, on this series and then I was invited to show it at a small gallery in my town when I lived in Southern California. And um, I went to hang it. My husband came with me to help me hang it. And as soon as it went up, I just had this feeling of like, who is this girl? <laughs> and then I got really nervous and we went to dinner after and I said, I don't know, I can't do it. And he, and my husband said, you did it. You already did it. It's there. And so for some reason that one sticks out as being like a moment where I just was doing it. I was in it. I was doing it, creating the work, making the series, hanging the series. 
And then as soon as it went up, I almost was like shocked myself that there it was all together in this beautiful space. And it, it just, it overwhelmed me with emotion. And I remember feeling really afraid. Like, I just, I don't think I can do this. And, and, you know, I remember thinking what well, it's done, like there's nothing else to do. So in that moment, it really did feel like it's out there, you know, and there's no taking it back now. So I think I would say that was the moment. It was a pretty amazing feeling. I, I, I often think when something scares you and excites you at the same time, you know that you're on the right track. No, I definitely feel like I'm there right now. I feel like so I'm doing this 30 day sell every day challenge, which for me oh, is yeah. like, it's really hard because as a generator, like I get bored so fast. I figured yeah. out like doing something about three times is usually where my brain goes, wait, do we have to keep doing this? Like that's yeah. my threshold, right? So like if I'm like, uploading like if I'm, if I'm moving files from one place to another by the third one I'm like okay we're not doing this anymore <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's effective or not my brain's like nope we need a new a new plan so normally I'm like oh my gosh I have to sell again like I have to sell again I have to sell again and now I'm just like let's sell something else this is fantastic you know but it's like really pushing my boundaries so I totally know what you're saying I did an Instagram live the other day and I thought I was going to literally die yeah, I do not. I don't do this. Like this is, yeah. not, you know. So I can totally resonate with that, and yeah. and I love the fact that you just went for it, scared. You know, you were like, okay, this is what I want to do, mm -hmm. and there's, you know, there's this piece of you that's like, this is what we're doing. Like, yeah. oh well, what if that does, that's not even on the radar? Like we're not we're not going there, right? The mindset yeah. is like, this is what I want to do. And rather than think about the what ifs, it doesn't work. I'm just going to say that it's going to. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that some of that energy transfers to art too, right? Because that like invincibility and resiliency of the artist, like you feel that when you, when you look at somebody's work, you know, um, especially women. I think women are so inspired by women artists because it's just like, again, you're leaving a piece of you on that canvas. It's like, it's, it's almost like birthing something, you know, and, and I'm, I'm personally very, very moved um, by women artists. I just, especially you talked about Frida Kahlo, right. And like mm -hmm. the imagery and the way that she brought her story together and like, you know, the background of like the city and the indus in industrial and then bringing in the flowers and, and you could just, you know, when you, when you read her story, it's almost like you could tell her story with her paintings too. Part of the art she she put herself into her art and also you know dressed yeah. herself in such a way that she was kind of the first one to really be the art as well yeah and I think yeah. that that's that's it's interesting because it's kind of what we do today in that um you know with social media and stuff I think people are really interested in not only the art but in the person that's creating the art because you want to know where it, you know, I think it's important to know where it comes from, what's it about and, and to know how do you connect to it and with it and what does it mean? And I, I tell people when they want to buy art or when they're looking at art, just buy what moves you, buy what feel, when you feel something, it doesn't have to match your couch, you know, it, it really, it needs to be something that you can look at and always feel something when you look at it. I think that's really important component of art and I mean any kind of art music and movies and books and you know poetry 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have so much art. I mean, I, I'm looking over here. You can't see it, but I've got all this art. We got original art when we went to Guatemala. That's just yeah. breathtaking. And of course we did the cruise thing. So we have like framed paintings all over the house. And I do, oh my gosh, it'll be so cool. You'll think this is so cool. Mm -hmm. I have um, a one of a kind Anatoly Matlin, um, which is a, she's like, I'll have to take a picture of it and show it to you, Deanna. It's yeah. absolutely stunning. She's playing the violin and she's backwards. So you can see the small of her back and just the like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it's to die. Yeah. And it's totally a one of a kind. And it's in my bedroom and it's, oh, it's chef's kiss. Yeah. Anyway. So that's the way you should feel about your art. That's the way you should feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got some of those, like, what, it, what the sub, sublimation or whatever the thing where they like write on the metal, like, or paint on the metal or something. I don't know. We've got all kinds of crazy things going on around here. <laughs> something ever happens to me, my kids are going to be like set for life because we've got like, the collection here. Yes. That's a good thing to collect. I like that. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So how has art been healing for you? How can women specifically use art to process emotions, even if they're not artists? Yeah, I, for me, that's a huge part of what, what I'm all about and what I do. And I, I lead these workshops. I lead art journaling workshops. And um, what art journaling is, is basically um, you, we, you take, it's kind of taking what's inside your heart and your mind and putting it into art. And so it's, it's all about expression. It really doesn't matter what comes out at the end of the day, but it's more about the process. So I really tell people to be present for the process. Um, we do journaling, we do meditating, um, we create art all in book form. So it's in, in a journal, in a vintage book. We usually start with vintage books. And most of the people that come to my workshops are not artists. They're just people who just feel called to, to be creative. They just want, they, they, they feel this nourishment from this process. And we talk a little bit, we share, it's, a, it's become such a community. And I think that women especially don't take enough time to process things and to just sit and be and, and do something for themselves. And so that's kind of where it started for me was I just felt really strongly that I wanted to create something for women to be able to take time out, you know, a few hours, once a month, come sit, make some art, have some snacks, you know, talk to other women, meditate, journal, go inward, leave the world behind and just every time we do it, it's a different topic. So we, we talk about things like, you know, feminine energy or um, rejuvenation or stepping into your power or um, uh, mind, body, spirit, things like that. And it's just, it's just a really healing process. Um, for me, I make art all the time. So I know the, the healing powers of art because I play it, I use it, I do it every day. And I just felt like this was something important for me to share with the world because I just, I don't know that the average person knows how it feels to create something and when they do they just it's like it's overwhelmingly powerful I think so that's just kind of my mission is to teach teach people how to use art to you know heal whatever is troubling them that's, that's so what, beautiful that's so beautiful and um something that I can relate to with that again not being able to art at all and yes, I just used art as a verb. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but I think with, with one of, so 
one of the one of the psychic tools i guess that i use is um i have people my clients create um like a soul vision board and so they go into pinterest and they get images that they that they curate from you know all these different aspects and one of the things that i noticed when i really figured out how how i use these boards interpretively is that when the client pins the image, especially if they're doing it from a perspective of like really tapping into their desires and their energy, there are certain emotions that are released into that image that are kind of like imprinted on it, if you will. Mm -hmm. So then when I go back and look at their board, I can pick up on those emotions that they felt when they were pinning those images. Mm -hmm problem is trying to translate them back into the English language. So like, I'm like, oh, okay, I know, I know what this is, but like, how do you say it? Like, there's so much nuance to it. And so I relate so much to what you're saying because mm -hmm. there are so many emotions that don't have words. They don't come across that way. I mean, even if you look at like light language, people think people that mm -hmm. speak light language are nuts, but like there's a nuance that is conveyed that just isn't there in, in native English or, or French or anything for that matter. And so being able to, to emit that life force energy in a way that can be conveyed, I just think is like so cathartic, like yeah. so much so. Yeah. And it's like, it's such a process because when you're in the process of creating and when you combine it with meditating and, and writing, mm -hmm it just sort of morphs into its own thing. And at the end, we, we, you know, we go around and talk and we look at, we look at everyone's work and inevitably you see something there that you, maybe you didn't intend it, but it just finds its way into your work because of that process that, that we use. That's just not, not, not focusing too much on how it's going to look. We just, we just, let go of any outcome and just do the work and just enjoy the process and put the paint on there, glue the paper down and something comes through, through the, through the, um, just the alchemy of what you're doing with all those different modalities. You're, you're, you're writing, you're meditating, you're talking, you're making art. And then something comes through that you don't even intend. It's, it's amazing almost every single time you you know if someone says I was feeling you know kind of dark today their 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 page ends up dark and I mean it's just it's just weird you don't really see it until you look at it when you're done and I think that's kind of what you're saying too is that as you put things together there's a certain bit of emotion that that comes mm -hmm. with it that you won't don't even see until later so these workshops that you do, have you ever facilitated them in a virtual um, way or are they strictly in person? No, they're in person right now. Um, but yeah, that's my next venture is to to uh, do them. Uh, yeah, because I think my listeners are going to be like, hi. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, I know. And, you know, that's just partially just me like figuring out how to offer it up in a package that that works. So that's kind of what I'm doing at the moment. So I'm excited to hopefully offer that soon. So if you well, do, I know a girl. If you need someone's brain to pick about how to create it as a business thing, I'm just saying. Yes, let's do that because I do. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's kind of like one of the things that I do on this side is just to help other people birth brilliant businesses. I'm like, you know what you should do is this. And they're like, oh, that's amazing. And then they go run with it and make a bunch of money. And they're like, what do I owe you? I'm like, nothing. I'm like, it's fine. It's good. I, I enjoy like getting that idea out of me, you know? Yeah. Like, Isn't it funny how sometimes you can see exactly what someone else needs to do and when you're working on your own stuff, you're like, I don't know. I, I, I know something needs to happen here, but it's hard to see when it's your own. Mm -hmm. I feel like when you're talking to someone else, it's really easy to go. I know what you need to do. <laughs> I know. I know. It's all about perspective. And it just goes yes. to tell you why even the best of the best need mentorship, right? Yes, that's so true. I have become such a proponent of that lately too, because I've had a couple of, well, you know, the coach that we work with, but also, um, I just had an art coach that I worked with recently and it was, you know, specifically, that's a very specific thing. And when you're an artist, you're, you're working very, um, you're just, it's a solo endeavor. And so it's like, so hard to judge where you should go next or figure out what, what Cause it's not linear. Yeah. And you're just completely by yourself. And so sometimes it's really good to just work with somebody, align yourself with a coach or a mentor, mm -hmm. see you and say, here's what I see. Here's what I think needs to happen for you and where you should go. And that's totally helpful. My, um, my son's physical therapist, um, shouting you out, Darby. She is, um, she's a PhD in, in physical therapy. I mean, brilliant, but she's also, um, an artist on the side. And she was telling me about how she, um, has been taking courses in like art merchandising or art. I'm going to mess that up, but like how to sell art, you know, yeah. like, and she does beautiful florals. I mean, they're gorgeous. And she does a lot of like the marshes and stuff like that, but just watching her process and how she would explain to me how, you know, she comes home from work and then her husband takes the baby and she just goes and paints. And I'm just like, that to me just sounds so bucolic, so euphoric, so mm -hmm. like, that's your work. Like yeah. I'm in here wrestling with my brain. Like, should I use this color in the font or should I use this? Or like, what should I say about human design? You know, and you guys are over here like. Well, it's something they don't teach you, honestly, in art school. I was an art major in college and um, you don't ever learn how to sell your art. I mean, that's not something that you're necessarily taught. So that's something you kind of have to either learn along the way it's becoming more of a thing now that people are, are talking about it. And, um, you know, the starving artist idea was, has always been there. It's always been a big, you know, um, fear that people have, well, you can't be an artist. Like who, you know, you're just going to be. Singing on your <laughs> yeah. But I think that we're starting to realize if you can like sort of diversify your offerings, like teach and sell. And, and, you know, for me, I offer prints of my work. I sell original work. I, I have my work licensed. I um, teach workshops. Um, so teach virtual workshops when I'm done with you. That's right. <laughs> that's where we're going next. So um, I think that if you can kind of, figure out the d few different ways that you can can do it and still do what you love and still enjoy the process. Um, that's what makes it really feasible to do as a business. And that's what designing your dream is all about, isn't it? That's what it's like to literally go, this is what I want to do. These are the deal breakers. These things, yes. These things, no. 
and then being open and believing that you can make that happen. And you, Deanne, are an incredible example of that. So how do people get a hold of you if they want to buy some of this art? If they want to get into your world, what do they do? Well, my website is probably the number one place. It's just DeanneWilliamson.com. Um, and then uh, Instagram is probably my social media of choice. That's where all my latest stuff is, doing the 365 reels there. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like, I haven't done mine today yet. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know. Okay. You know. It's been fun, though. I, I, it's kind of, you know, when you're used to posting to social media, just to kind of turn it into a reel isn't that much harder. But um, it's kind of a good challenge. I like to challenge myself too. I'm having fun with the lip syncing. I gotta be honest. And and now that I know how to slow it down to record it now, it just looks flawless. Like when I was going to actually stay, stay with the music or whatever, I'd be like, you know, I look like a Kung Fu movie, but now it's much better. And I feel like I'm staying. I haven't stepped into that zone yet. So. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. And you, you know, I mean, we're, it's all in good fun, right? Like yeah. we're to, to say that we did it. And my little generator heart is like, mm, maybe, okay, fine. You know, so yeah. we'll just see. We'll see. I don't know. What are we on? Like day 20 something? I don't I'm know. Five. I'm at 25, I think. I started whatever day she started. So however many you days. Might be a little ahead. Yeah. 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 Day 26. Yeah. Has it really been that long? Oh my goodness. I think I started February 10th. So yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah give or take. I think I'm on 25 today. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm going to go watch yours as soon as we're done here. So you guys <laughs> check out Deanne's art. It's amazing. She's amazing. And pretty soon she's going to have some virtual offering. <laughs> yes. Definitely be keeping your eyes. Let's make that commitment right now. There we go. There we go. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for everybody out there. So that will do it for this episode of the Dream Design Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, Deanna. Oh, I appreciate thank you so much for having me. It was, a, it was a delight. Absolutely. And that'll do it for this week's episode. Until next week, when we're back with another great guest, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste. Hey, dream builder. Are you loving this stuff? Do you want more? More human design, law of attraction and manifestation? Then my Designed to Dream membership is for you. You'll get the Dream Design Vault packed with pre-recorded content to help you design and manifest your dreams. A monthly group coaching call with me and a monthly theme and meditations to support you on your journey. Membership is just $47 a month and you can cancel anytime with no hassle. Join us and start designing your dreams now.